was up in Brooklyn earlier. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned. But uh, did you stay overnight? Because that was pretty early. Yeah, I stayed overnight. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I thought it was going to pour all day, but it's been just like raining on and off. So not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went when I, I think right at, yeah. When I texted you, I just got done with my run. I did a 13. I did a half, I like saw, a 13. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Casual half marathon. <laughs> so I ran like official half a month ago. The day I, I saw, I ran into you the next day I was running my half. Right. But then all of my running club, they're part of the official New York runners one. The people put on the New York Marathon, they have the half that they do is today. So I was like, I'm not going to do two halves in 30 days. Fuck that. But I still feel left out. So I'm going to do a casual. <laughs> Lazy. Like all of them are sure. like seven minute, 13, some shit. Right, but. If it makes you feel any better, I don't think you can. It's a bit of an oxymoron to mention like a lazy half marathon. It has a different context to it. <laughs> yeah. I felt lazy because I, I like I paused for 30 seconds. I was like, that's not too much. I just kept going versus just being persistent. It was good. It was good though. Hello, welcome to another episode of Transient Conversations from Urban Hideout, your go-to source of inspiration and guidance from embracing the digital nomad lifestyle. I'm your host, Apollo, and we're here today to enrich your life with wisdom from the nomads who share stories that celebrates finding balance and community through exploration. In this episode, we're thrilled to introduce our guest, Joey Minnesee, from the bustling media agencies of New York City to the snow-laden landscapes of Colorado. Joey's journeys truly are inspiring. As a co-founder and COO of the startup Media Disco, he's harnessed his wanderlust to redefine the advertising world, creating a platform that connects media partners, agencies, and clients. In our chat today, Joey shares his unique insights on remote work's perks and the life-transforming impact of breaking free from the confines of the traditional 9 to 5. From brainstorming in digital spaces to building an open culture through vulnerable leadership, Joey's experiences offer an intriguing glimpse into the life of a nomadic entrepreneur. So sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired as we dive into the riveting conversation about living on your own terms, blaring the lines between work and passion, and cherishing the thrill of the journey. Welcome to Transient Conversations, where every conversation is a new adventure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Joey Medici. I started working in the advertising business or age, I guess, industry probably around 11 years ago and got into it on the heels of the last recession and really didn't have, I guess, the best structure coming into corporate America or whatever you want to call it. Didn't do the looking back on it. I wish I would have taken the time and put in the effort to get some of the Internships that would have been really helpful jumping into the business a bit earlier. Unfortunately, as the, the situation of the market was at the time, I was doing odd jobs, making money. I really couldn't afford to do an unpaid internship, which is really all that existed back then. So I just put my foot in the door when I had heard about an opportunity to work at a company called Cara that I had never heard of. It was a 
ad operations role, which I didn't have really any passion for whatsoever, but I figured if I could weasel my way into this agency, I could then move around laterally, figure out what I wanted to do. And I always knew that I wanted to work in advertising. It's what I went to school for. I'm sure like a lot of other people, my reason for getting into advertising was just recognizing how shitty so much advertising was. There's so many commercials I saw that I thought to myself, there's no way people are getting paid to put that crap together. I could do it better. <laughs> and the topic of the nomad lifestyle, before I actually got into Cara and that, that starting point within the ad industry, I worked for a sports merchandiser out of New Jersey. And this was really like bottom of the barrel, getting my mm. first job out of school. Yeah. It was for this independent sports merchandiser that basically bought all the licenses for every single large sports organization or whatever you want to call it. Every franchise that existed across yeah. NBA, NFL, all the Premier League stuff mm. globally. And what they did was create the scarves that you see, the mittens, the ugly sweaters, everything you imagine, bobbleheads. And my job there was to make sure that our factories that were producing it out in China we're making everything correctly. I was doing a little quality assurance and even going over at times to the factories to make sure that everything was on schedule. So that really kicked off my first experience of heading out by myself to China for a couple of weeks at a time and bouncing around some really kind of unique areas in China, not the not just the Shanghai's, the Shenzhen's, but really going to the countryside and some of where these big factories were. And figuring out how to manage work by myself, even though I was working for a company and making sure to set up my own agenda, making sure I was being as productive as I could be. So uh, we'll get to that kind of in a bit. That's a little bit of the background of me. But to fast forward, worked at Cara and a few different agencies for around 10 years, ultimately led to working with you on the strategy team over at Cara, where I was on the Microsoft account, as well as a couple other accounts. And that ultimately led to the, I guess the, what you want to call it, like the big bang moment for nomad culture to like yeah. really kick off with COVID. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was everybody's first group experience of what nomad culture could look like. And to that point, I'd seen friends that had jobs that allowed them to travel, do their own things, whether they were their own kind of employer or they just had companies that really adopted mm -hmm. that quite a bit earlier. About five months in, my lease had ended, or was ending, and New York was a ghost town. There, it wasn't a great place to be mentally, yeah. especially yeah, you, trying to get outside was like the number one thing everybody was looking to do. I want, everybody tried to buy a bike. There were no bikes left to even buy. My entire life, I had always wanted to live on a mountain somewhere. And mm -hmm. I thought to myself, if my lease is ending, there's no rush to get back into New York. Mm -hmm. There's nothing here. I could work wherever I want to. And I've always been jumping all over North America, going to bigger places to snowboard out West in Canada. And there was one town I had always wanted to visit called Crested Butte. So I looked up some Airbnbs. I found a really good deal and got a, a spot on the mountains, ski in, ski out, booked it for a month. I didn't really tell anybody about it. And that was my first like adventure by myself, which ended up being the the moment where I realized that this is what I wanted to do for the rest mm. of my life, to be able to bounce around. Wow. Nice. 
That's incredible. There's so much there. There's one, the determination, the ability to recognize you can own your own shit and build and fit the experience of working at that manufacturer, know how to like plan out your days, which is it's really important when you're nomad, right? Nobody's checking up on you. Yeah. Right? You get to plan your days out. And then also the determination of breaking into an industry you really were passionate about and then building, building the right experience that allowed you to then have the right job that you that put you in a position when the pandemic hit to keep a job and then actually do things off of that. Okay, like talk to me about what work was like before and then what was work was like after. What were the things that like made you like that you noticed that were very different? Yeah, so there's I guess there's the negatives that come along with it and then there's some I think they outweigh them, but a lot of positives that come with I was working in the office before. I was around a lot of people like yourself, who I found a lot of inspiration in, a lot of really smart people, talented people, a lot of people that built me into the professional I am today. I really credit where I am today with the fact that I was able to squeeze into the strategy team. I think we had yeah. a really good group of people, a lot of people that thought differently and also pushed, pushed against some of the grain or went against the grain in a lot of different ways, whether it be work or lifestyle. Yeah. So I guess the thing with working in the office five days a week, pretty much is that there was just a lot of structure. Like there's almost, you look back on it and say, wow, that was almost too much structure. You, you would wake up on Monday and maybe you yeah. had some stuff to do after work or something. But you knew what your week looked like, right? And every, okay, I'm going to commute in this time. I'm coming home around this time. I'm going to plan stuff that I want to do myself outside of this nine to five and how it was commuting into the city that or through the city is a whole job in itself. So I, I think it, it limited your, or the possibilities you had to experience within the week. And then when you broke free of that, you did recognize that I can still be productive. I don't need to be held to these commuting hours. I don't need, be, need to be held within an office. We talked about it earlier, being able to go to the gym for 45 minutes down the street, come back, mm -hmm. feel a little bit more re-energized instead of walking down, grabbing a coffee at the same time between 2 p.m. and 3 p.m. each day. And that was yeah. supposed to be your recharge, right? Yeah. And then little things too, when you're working in an office, even when you're in a big meeting room, which I still love being able to come together, brainstorm together is still incredibly important. I think everybody's job, but even when you're brainstorming digitally, I do think that there is a lot more, it breaks down the walls for people speaking up and adding in their own input. If you're in a room, a lot of times people don't want to jump mm. into a conversation. Or even if you were leading a room, a lot of times you have a bunch of people looking at you. You feel compelled yeah. to like immediately add some value. That's not necessarily like the best way to go about every time you're with your group. Yeah. So I, I think taking like the relaxed vibe, people are in their own spaces. They feel more comfortable. Really, I, I think is a healthy way to, uh, to go about working. What you're talking about, I like to think of it in the, uh, the chat. Like the chat is a whole different game. Like, cause with the chat, an introvert person can put a really cool thought in the chat. They don't have to raise their hand and speak up. They can just really type true. something in the chat, right? Not everybody, like I'm a very vocal extroverted person, so I don't mind speaking up, but the chat gives you space for somebody who's not as vocal 
who has internal thoughts and just can just, they can just put it in a chair. And then you, it's up to that lead or the group to be like, oh, hey, dude, you see what XYZ put in the chat? I think I definitely agree with you there. Like it, it's opening up a, a great dimension. And then the other thing you mentioned is people feel more comfortable in their physical space, right? Maybe you are on the couch in cameras off. You just feel more comfortable in that couch. That is a thing. That is a right. thing people feel more comfortable in different spaces. I think it's a really good point. And I think, especially in the ideation moment where, honestly, it's not always the best situation to be in a room in a corporate building, staring at a bunch of white walls, trying to come up with great ideas. It's not always the best situation. So I really love that point you're making there. I, and I think that, uh, so did you read uh, Creativity Inc? No, 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 not, no, I haven't. Really good book about a guy working at Pixar early on. And they talk about how, I believe it's, I could be off on this. I'm almost positive it's from this book, but they talk about how part of building their creative culture, one of the things they did, which seemed really simple, was removing rectangle desks from brainstorm rooms. Okay. Because the theory is, a rectangle desk already starts to build like focal points and outside. Mm. If you're sitting on the mm. corner, it's harder mm. to feel like you're engaged and there's mm. the middles and the end, right? Are really mm. like the focus points. So they replaced it with big circular tables. It made everybody feel like they truly had an equal share. And I think a, like a part of that theory comes to life through this digital oh, yeah. brainstorm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, right? Because everybody's on the same level footing. Everyone's on the same screen, unless you you highlight people and say they are going to be the focus, but you have to deliver a decision you're making, right? I definitely agree with that. So if you don't mind sharing, you've not left the alley. You're still in the advertising industry, but your role has changed. Do you mind talking a little about that, how, what you're doing now and how that's actually benefited or are there downsides to what you're doing now because of the remote work and nomad lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. After leaving the strategy team over at Cara, I stepped away with one of our coworkers to start our own business. And it does still fall in like advertising, martech, ad tech kind of brings mm -hmm. it all together. It came out of just an experience that I had through the 10, 11 years I was in the industry working on the agency side of the business where there were just so many new solutions coming out, like so many different ways to bring media to life that mm -hmm. fell outside of some of the traditional channels you may have worked with, or even mm -hmm. just traditional go-to publishers, platforms, apps. And we all know how it was working at, at a desk at the office, you had so little time to really not just be running forward towards a goal. There were so many deadlines you needed to hit. Mm -hmm. There was. The, the only time you really spoke with people was within the nine to six, nine to seven. And we really thought that there'd be a better way to opening up the media landscape to ad buyers, sellers, kind of everybody in the industry to illuminate a lot of the great new products that existed out there, kind of give this access and level the playing field in a bit is what we, James and I, who's my co-founder and our co-worker. We thought that there was a good way to level the playing field. So everybody had a chance to see great new solutions. Everybody had an opportunity to think of great ideas from a campaign perspective and then say, okay, like these are great ideas. 
there's people that can do that for us. I don't need mm -hmm. to wait for them to email me or come into the office or hope that I have a coworker that had heard about one of these people. Yeah. And building that remotely was really helpful, right? Because it allowed James and I to get together. We worked out of James's basement for a year and a half. And being able to sit down together, and a part of this also comes with being a startup and only having two people on the team. But we defined our own timelines, we defined our right. own daily schedule. And a part of defining your own daily schedule is also having it like be undefined in a way. Yeah. There were moments where we said, okay, we need to step away. And that might be because we just wanted to take a break because we had done a bunch of work, maybe felt a little drained. Or even times when a big thing that we talk about in Techstars is, is like co-founder conflict. Yeah. And James and I have been good friends for over seven years now. But there are, are times where we're both very passionate about building something that we want to succeed. Yeah. And you have to take the, the understanding that there's nothing personal about the conflict you get into. It's two yeah. sides wanting the best for the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when that happens, we, we've discussed this and you, you need to go into the conflict head on and yeah. not let things shimmer too much. But through working together for a while, we know each other's tells, right? If somebody's getting a little frustrated, you know when to like back off or maybe I'm going to go grab a coffee. I'm going to go head to the park really quickly. Come yeah. back and you're stronger than ever. Yeah. Get focused, let things like settle down a bit and move on the path forward. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Like I think building a company as a remote, as a, well, a couple of things, right? One is office space cost is out of the door. You don't think about that, right? Yes. You're now saving some money, but then also, I think to your point as well, creating your own schedule and also giving yourself the opportunity to give each other space and the business space. I think that's also interesting too. If you're yeah. in the same space, I think the concept we often talked about, no, talked about or managed as a strategy group was groupthink. We wanted to make sure there was ideas coming from all different sides and there was, and there was flowing groupthink happens a lot easier with amounts in the same room your point there's a way to hang the table there's there's clear hierarchy that's established by the physical space group think is able to last more but in your in a remote world it seems like you could manage that easierly you can manage that better i would say is that do you feel that was something that came through yeah i think so and looking back on it i it's something and this isn't any knock on the culture of past places that i've worked at and james is much better than this than I am, but being able to bring what James and I have to a bigger like corporate setting or larger office is an extremely powerful kind of culture to build for a company, right? When you can be very open about the vulnerabilities that you have with yourself or the business and speak out loud about those things and not feel like you need to put on a show. Because I think that's especially where like James's leadership shines is he's extremely vulnerable when he's working with anybody and it, it allows the people around you to, again, feel like they could let their guard down a bit. And that I, in my experience, that's where not just like the working environment is better, but the work that you're creating is a lot stronger. Yeah. And going back to what you said earlier around like 
remote work allows you to be in your space where you can you feel more comfortable. And I think that comfort allows you to be more vulnerable. The idea that like you can enter here in your cocoon, if you will. So it's a little bit easier to open up. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about a little bit about you're a snowboarder, as you mentioned. Talk to me about where you love going to work. When you're out of the city, have your time, you have the funds, you can go anywhere. Where do you like to go? And what do you feel? How do you work differently? How is it different when you go out to different places? Yeah. So I think that there are like two different pieces of this. One, I, like you said, love to snowboard. So if I can get out to a mountain, whether it be Vermont or out West, that's beautiful because it mixes. I have passion for the business that I'm building and mixes like a personal passion. Snowboarding is extremely important to me because it's like, I'm not the best with meditating, but I, I think for a lot of people running for you, it really allows me to completely separate from everything. And like, right. when I'm going down a run, when I'm going through trees, when I'm hiking up like a back bowl, yeah. all I'm thinking about is my next step, my next turn, yeah. my breathing. That. And that just decompresses you as a person so much mm -hmm. when you're able to let everything go. So the snowboarding aspect of it is one that I really love and I'll always love. The second piece is being able to to lean into friendships and relationships that you've had. Mm -hmm. we, we all have the experience of grew up with friends. You, maybe you had mm -hmm. a community in a certain area. Mm -hmm. It was in a city and when COVID happened, a lot of people left. Maybe mm -hmm. some of your best friends from college moved across the world, across the states. Damn. Now I have the opportunity to say, you know what? I've got one of my best friends in Asheville. I'm mm -hmm. Hit him up. I'm going to stop down in Asheville, work out of his place, hang out for two weeks. Yeah, Go out to Portland, go to California. And that's not something that I'd be able to do. And as you get older, the amount of time or like the moments that you have to take advantage of connecting with a friend, there, there's a huge amount of, I guess, weighing the options or seeing if it's like worth it. Do I want to spend the week I have off going out here? Like I would love to see so and so, but. I need to go down to the beach and get some relaxing mm -hmm. myself. So now it, it allows you to keep friendships and stay in connection with people that you love and mm -hmm. that I feel like at, right now we've been very busy, so I haven't had the opportunity to do it as much, but definitely something that I neglected for quite a long mm -hmm. time while I was working in the office, not able to move as fluidly as I'd like to. Yeah. That is incredible thought, right? That idea that as the time goes on, you have, you have diminishing time and ability to spend with people you care about that you didn't have meaning in you for your life. It's not that you don't love them and you don't want time with them, but you probably can't because there's other priorities and time and all this stuff. But to your point, in the world of remote work, in the world of nomad lifestyle, like, buddy, is that bed still available? Because I'm coming it's, in. Yeah. It, it removes, and a lot of your friends have much more defined kind of work schedules. And when you have two defined work schedules, trying to marry those up is nearly impossible at times. So when, you know, you can create your own, say, all right, that's fine. You have a work schedule. Tell me when you're free. No excuses. Mm. It's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Curious. What have you learned about yourself through this process? You've, you've had an incredible journey from 
working in the in the manufacturing world, the advertising world, now being a startup co-founder. And throughout that, you've gotten a chance to travel within the confines of work. And now you're getting a chance to travel and work. Well, travel unbound by the confines of work. What have you learned about yourself through this process? Yeah, it's a really good question. I'd say the number one thing, excuse me, for me has been more of an appreciation for myself, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to kind of step outside of, like we said, the work team you're always with, the company that you're always at, or just the industry itself. And kind of, I don't want to say monotony, but I can't really think of a better word at times. You're around so many people. And I think this is where a lot of the imposter syndrome might stem Mm -hmm. from. You're around so many people who know a lot about the same things that maybe you have a specialty and maybe you're really focused in one area of the business and you really want to hold that edge, right? It's important Mm -hmm. to, to make sure that you're differentiating yourself. When you step outside of that and explore, work around, you run into so many different people from so many different walks of life. And when you start Mm. discussing their life with yours, you hear the interest from other people that to you sounds really boring, right? (laughs) I did this for a long time and I worked on that and this. And because you're so inundated in it, you Mm -hmm. didn't step back and recognize, oh, I have a lot of experience. I've done a lot of really cool things. I've worked on a lot of cool projects. They're, they're bouncing questions off me based off of my past experience, finding a lot of value in it. And it drives a lot of, like I said, appreciation for kind of what you've accomplished, but also opens up your perspective to what work looks like, what your work-life balance Mm -hmm. could be, what different, like, not just perspectives, but uh, like fields of work can, can bring to your life. Maybe it's when you're down, i Worked in Mexico, Mexico City for a little bit. And I'd say that it was like a weekend, right? But I love it and I'd love to go back. And I see it's getting hotter to work there. But you hear about people working in fields that you never even consider working Mm -hmm. in and finding a lot of joy in their life, changing the world in different ways. We, you know, in the ad industry, we have that saying where it's like, hey, you might be really stressed out. Maybe things are going sideways, but at the end of the day, it's just advertising. Yeah, it's not hard surgery. Exactly. And then you go out there and there's these people who are, maybe it's not heart surgery, but they're doing but something kind of similar. Similar. <laughs> Yeah, that is awesome. I think that to your point, again, going back to the idea that like when you were in, in pre-pandemic growth, you were in an office, you, everybody, you knew everybody in the building, right? And then... Now in this new world, you may work out of a coffee shop. You may work out of a working space and you don't know who's next to you. And as a result, you're meeting with different types of people and building different kinds of connections. So let's build on that a little bit. You have James, right? So James is your co-founder. You, you guys are always around each other or at least working with each other. What type of community has remote working and digital nomad lifestyle allowed you to build beyond that, that, that relationship with you and James? Yeah. Another fantastic question. And one that I I don't think I have a great answer for. And I think this is something that a lot of founders really struggle with is Mm -hmm. as you start really putting your life behind 
what you're working on. It's a lot harder to separate step away from work. Right? You're always thinking about it. You're always wondering how you can make the business better, how to keep growing the, you don't have too many days off. If you take a day off, it isn't like, oh, pick that up later. Somebody's going to fill in for me. And with that comes a lot of, that you, you get lonely quite a bit. And luckily of James, we have some friends in the city. James's wife, Sam is fantastic. She's a huge part of, she's behind the, behind the scenes of the business for sure. Yeah. And outside of heading snowboarding, meeting up with some of my friends. And like, we just talked about all those moments. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I've locked down the community piece of it. I exercise, mm -hmm. I go to the gym by myself. Um, but it's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit, uh, mm -hmm. recent and what that role is. And it's something that I know I need to tap into because you do need to step away and you do need to step away from work, from the problems you're dealing with and build a community of people that are interested in something that may be totally separate from what you're doing in the day to day. I think like your running club is a fantastic example of that. So yeah, it's, it's something that I haven't figured out yet, but I do. You know, let, but can we get, if you, do you mind if we stay with this for a second? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is preventing you from finding that? Oh. Hard-hitting questions today. It's probably, uh, if I had to make an assumption, I think it's the opportunity cost of my free time finding that community. Mm. And a lot of times when I do have free time, there are things that, there are things that I know I can go enjoy. Mm -hmm. might not necessarily bring me into a community. However, if I use that free time trying to enter a community and doesn't work out or I don't find it, that was me time. Yeah, was yeah. uh, so I, that's again, me just guessing what it yeah, could bro. be, but a lot of it does come down to time. Yeah. That is, I think like, that is a powerful thought, opportunity cause. And when people think about why be a digital man versus night, I think that's a very powerful thought of opportunity cause. Like when you're in one place, in one city, you know what you have, right? You can invest in the relationship in front of you. Once you're a nomad, now you're creating a massive unknown, right? You're like, okay, I'm going to go here and. What does that mean? I don't know if I'm going to make new friends, but I don't know if I'm going to like those people. I'm not, like that is a big part of the nomad lifestyle. Opportunity cost is a massive part of it. So I'm really appreciate, I appreciate that you recognize and acknowledge that because that is, a, I think, a big part of why some people choose not to become nomads and why people may decide they want to live a pretty state, I guess, if you will. Stable is not the right word because I, I don't think nomads is unstable, but it's got more chaotic i don't know if like and to add to that i think maybe what i'm leaving out is recognizing a community that james and i didn't we knew there was power behind it and you read a lot about it but until mm -hmm. we were able to get into tech stars and now we're with a cohort of 12 other companies yeah that is absolutely a community that has mm -hmm. helped us one thing that you recognize as you're going through starting up a business is how are 
it's just a very tough thing to go through. And it's really hard to translate that to a lot of your friends and ones who you'll run into them. Everybody wants to say, oh, how's the business going? What's going on? You may have just walked out of a week where everything went to shit, feel terrible. It's one of you're living those like ebbs and flows. And to, at least for me, and I think this is true for quite a few other founders, you just default to saying, oh yeah, things are going great. Right? You don't want to get into it because there's so much behind that question. And even when you get into it, a lot of it's so unrelatable to the person you're asked and probably not in a lot of the stuff that they really give a shit about talking to you about. <laughs> so when we got into Techstars, being able to sit down and have just real life conversations with other founders, hearing their stories, the struggles they go through, how they live in that middle. I think that's like a big part of starting a business is not riding the highs too high or the lows too lows. It, I'm Of all the things that come along with all the benefits that come along with being in Techstars. I think one of the greatest ones is truly the bonds that you form with the other founders that you're working with. I think you're, what you're talking about is so incredibly. And what you're describing is the nature of humans, right? Danny, we want to connect with other people, understand us, but we do not want to alienate ourselves in pursuit of that. I think, again, you use the word right, it's opportunity cost, right? Like, how do I make sure I'm not going too far out, out of my comfort zone, but just right. And so what you're trying to describe. Wow, this has been amazing, Joey. I really appreciate the depth of which you're going through this. And I'm really excited for what you're going to learn about yourself and do with the business through this experience. I've had you long enough, so I'm going to switch us over to the Rapid Hideout, which is a terrible name, I know, for rapid questions. But I don't know. We're just going to go with the Rapid right. Hideout. Yeah, let's go so with you, it. You ready for that? Okay. Yeah. Favorite city to work from? I can't say New York City, even though it is the <laughs> best city to work from, but uh, it won't be a city. It'll be a town. It's Crested Butte in Colorado, five what's hours it? west of Denver. Okay. The altitude, what's the altitude like? There's a good out, is a low altitude, like would I die by the way, half a mile or what's so it's, up? It's high. Denver, I think is around four or 5,000 above mm -hmm. sea level. The base of the town is at, in Crested Butte is around like 9,500. Okay. So it's, it's difficult. Yeah, people okay. struggle up there. Okay. So maybe we do marathon training early. Then, yeah, not late. Okay, I got sure it. Enough. I got you. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee for sure. Cold brew mm -hmm. specifically. No hot coffee. <laughs> I got a cold brew coffee recently. I almost slapped the poor, the person who gave me. What are you doing? What is, what is it? It's my coffee. What are you doing? I'll, I will brave like a blizzard. I don't care how. <laughs> I want cold brew. Not for me. Okay. What is your go-to productivity hack? You got to get, get me productive. Next hour, what are you doing? Oh, in the next hour, I would say for a day, it's waking up early. Being able to get mm -hmm. an exercise in with a smoothie and then getting to like work before work, really being able to plan things mm -hmm. out that what you need to do. If it's within the next hour, probably a cheesy one, but throw on some Lo-fi beats with these bad boys. Oh, okay, and, uh, okay, okay, okay. to work, yeah. Oh, yeah. Music is powerful stuff. Okay. Early bird or night owl? I think it fluctuates, right? Like I just said, I love waking up early, but there are times when you're grinding through like a couple weeks yeah, and man. before you know it, you're getting to sleep at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Beaches and mountains. 
mountains. mountains. I grew up in Jersey though, so I love it. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. It isn't as easy as I just made it sound. Yeah, I appreciate that though. Okay. Would you prefer to work out of co-working space or a cafe? Co-working space. Cafes are nice to stop in and like work at once in a while, but if I need to like rush to work, I'd mm -hmm. rather not have to sit at a table that doesn't really fit my laptop and notepad and really <laughs> people around me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last book you read, and it's okay if it was from Oprah's favorite books. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. So the book that I'm reading right now is No More Faster, which is okay. it's a book by... You're, none of your investors are on this and listen to this, right? I hope not. <laughs> it was a book. It was a book that we actually were given by Techstars that I cracked okay. into a week ago. But it's all about <clears throat> James and I are salespeople and mm. we've recognized that it's something that you need to like continuously get better at. So this is a book from a guy who's early employee or founder of a lot of, I think, six different companies that were valued over $750 million and talks about how he developed that, that sales structure, which is funny because he uses, I think it's called the coin point eight, the three W's, which is essentially the uh, why, how, what, but applied to mm -hmm. sales. Nice connection to, to what we used to work on. Love that. I love that. Okay. Favorite travel accessory. This is going to be like the third time I've mentioned my noise canceling headphones, but uh, Probably that. The one I need to get into, I'm just going to make a move and get, get access to some airport clubs. So I've just recognized as I've gotten older that it... Listen, they got a whole buffet going on. They got a free bar. They got some chairs. That's what I'm yes. saying. If you work back what you're paying for when you're at the airport every time, it's a fraction of what you're paying for to get into the club. Absolutely. I definitely, I think that's, a, that's you're the, I mean, you're the, you're the only second episode, but I hope that comes up a lot more because I think that's an awkward hack. Favorite thing to do when you're not working? Favorite thing to do when I'm not working? Probably. I don't want to sound like a, a broken record, but it's either exercising Snowboarding, if, it, if the season's right, or a hobby that I got into during the pandemic, which I haven't been able to engage with anywhere near as much because I broke my camera. It was like getting into astrophotography. Mm. Uh, astrophotography? Yeah, so it's, uh, there's a lot of different versions of it. I like to, I'm only good enough to do nightscapes. Okay. So it's long exposures of the sky. And there's certain times of the year when the Milky Way is out, creates like really beautiful images and What's fun about it is it total, it's like snowboarding, but in the summer I could take advantage of it where it takes you completely away from everything you used to. Well, I follow a light pollution map and it allows you to see across the world where the darkest parts of civilization are. And you find those and you go out to those camp for a little bit. And if you haven't had the experience of finding a place with little to no light pollution and looking up at the sky when the Milky Way is out. It's unbelievable. But then getting in, being able to take the shot, edit it, piece it together, very relaxing and something that I plan on getting back into relatively soon. That's pretty cool, man. I've never heard of that before, but I'm very curious. Yeah. All right. Last question. What is your go-to app for remote work? Maybe another boring one, but it is, it's gotta be Slack. I can't live without Slack. 
being able to like separate different teams and we've got dev shops that we need to chat with daily. We've got other partners, we've got employees and without the constant communication, there's no way we'd be able to keep up with everything. Oh, that's not boring. That's just facts. Yeah. Work is work, right? You got to do what you got to do. So love that. Julie, I appreciate the time. And you've given us so much to think about from a perspective of what does it mean to, to work? What does it mean to be a remote worker? And then what does it mean to actually enjoy your life while you work? So thank you so much for giving us all that perspective. Yeah, I'm stoked to be one of the one of the first people you had on and really excited to see where this podcast goes. I think you're going to get a lot of great information, way better information from other people I was able to provide. Hopefully I could be the little guinea pig and people can work off the mishaps that I had working through this. But yeah, it's going to, it's going to be super helpful. And I know a lot of people will have a lot of questions that I'm sure your podcast is going to be able to inform them on and hopefully make people more comfortable figuring out a way to go live where they want to live and work how they want to work. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jerry. Appreciate that. Thank you. That's all the time we have for today's episode, folks. An inspiring journey, compelling insights, and a conversation filled with practical advice for all aspiring digital nomads. Thank you, Jory Medici, for sharing your nomadic wisdom with us. Now, before we sign off, we have some exciting news for all you Globetrotters out there. We know choosing your next destination isn't always straightforward. Ratings and reviews often don't provide the whole picture, and at times, they can be downright misleading. So we decided to solve this problem with our brand new product, VibeChecker. With VibeChecker, you will get the genuine lowdown of your next destination. You understand the true vibes of the destination by getting the unfiltered, honest feelings of those who experience it firsthand. No more manufactured reviews, no more guesswork, just real experiences from real nomads. To try out VibeChecker for yourself today, visit us at urbanhideout.co. Again, that's urbanhideout.co. Until next time, keep seeking the hidden corners of the world. And remember, the best stories are yet to be written and the best adventures are yet to be had. This is your host, Apollo Bo, signing off from Transient Conversations from Urban Hideout. Stay curious, stay adventurous, and stay transient.